Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Eight oh four on this Wednesday morning. Welcome back into ESPN One Thousand. It's a tough day today, but hopefully it's a cathartic one as we mourn the loss of our colleague and friend Jeff Dickerson, great Bears reporter at the station for many many years. My name is Jesse Rogers, along with Jeff Meller. We're here until ten o'clock. Cap and Jay Hood will be on the air today from one until four, as they remember Jeff as well. He passed away yesterday after a year long battle with cancer. You could just be waking up and hearing that news for the first time. So join us as we remember him. And let's talk to one of his colleagues. You know, it's, it, it's, it's we are Jeff Miller. Um, being a reporter, as Jeff is, Jeff was, and I am, we're not at the station every day, right? We don't see you guys, you know, even though you're family, we don't see you guys at the station every day. But the people that we do see are our fellow reporters, in my case, guys on the baseball beat. In Jeff Dickerson's case, guys on the Bears beat like Dan Weeder from the Tribune. So I want to say to Dan as we welcome you, sorry for your loss. What are your emotions today? I know we, we all knew this, this was happening, but it, it is as shocking today as it was the day that we heard that he that he had cancer in my mind. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. Um, you know, since we're in the 8 o'clock hour, let's, <laughs> let's start with a shot or no shot. Shot or no shot, JD would have hated all this attention, right? Like this is, uh, I, I'm I'm listening last night to the guys, listening to you guys this morning, and you know it's just a it's it's been a river over here for the last 12 hours, last 14 hours or so, and part of that is is one knowing that uh, Jeff there wasn't a a, a drop of self absorbed blood in his body, and so th- this outpouring would have made him embarrassed to some extent, and I think this is for us and for his family and for everyone else to just kind of express the the impact he had on all of us and to let everyone know how wide that impact was the thing that that really strikes me so i met jeff in in 1997 back in in college he was in fraternity with uh, a couple of my uh, close friends from high school and so we go you know you think about it that's a quarter century ago now that you go back with somebody and for me to just kind of look over these last few weeks really you know at the espn 1000 family at his ato fraternity family at his Bears beat family, at his ESPN NFL Nation family, realize how tight all of those families were in addition to obviously his immediate family. And you just realize that Jeff had that impact on every single person that he was involved with and every single group that he was a part of. He really did. Tell us us what made him so good at his job. Well, uh, there's two things that I would bring up first and foremost. And and I, I I would say the first thing that I would bring up is perspective, right? Like, Jesse, you know how it is when you're on a beat, you can, you can be hyper competitive. You can be sort of consumed with what you're doing. And Jeff always had an ability when he stood up from his cubicle at the end of the day and closed his laptop and put on his backpack and headed out the door to realize it was just work. Right. And, 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 you know, there were many, many, many moments where I'd be uh, in my States, right. Ranting about some player who blew me off in the locker room or, or, you know, griping about, PR not helping me out with with something and and complaining about John Fox or whatever it is and JD be like whatever who cares you know j- just go home you know be with your your family be with your kids it doesn't matter you, I mean you guys can hear his voice right and just like yeah. get over yeah. it you know this is this is just something we do you know and so so he had a passion for the job but he knew how to immediately compartmentalize it and understand where it 
was in the big picture of things. Um, and then I know you guys have talked about it. You know, one of the, the weirdest things about being a beat reporter is you have to leave home a lot, right? And you have to go on the road. And, and, and a lot of times you leave your family, and you don't want to go. But it also affords you opportunities to go on road trips with friends, right? Like that you take for granted when you're doing them. And then later on, you say, man, that was awesome that, you know, we got to be on the road together, going out to dinner. And JD was that guy who unified everyone. I know you just talked about it a little bit ago about the number of, of people that he would invite to dinners and, and be kind of the social chair and, and the person that coordinated that. And guys, I started writing down memories last night. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? And I filled like three sheets of paper on my dresser last night with just things that I wanted to mention about JD, because there's just so many experiences that you've had. You know, this is my ninth year on the beat over nine years traveling with people and being out there. And I posted a, a picture to Twitter this morning that said JD is versatile, man. And check it out because there's a picture of, of him, me and Rich Campbell, uh, having dinner at the Versace mansion, which was great. Like Jeff, this was one of Jeff's greatest things. He would always take the wine list and say, guys, I got the wine. And he'd always get, you know, some expensive, great bottle of wine. And just so you didn't worry about the price tag that was attached to that wine, he'd always say right before, guys, I got the wine tonight. Don't worry about it. We're going to drink, you know, maybe we'll have two or three bottles. And so next to that picture of the Versace mansion, there's a picture from the Hibachi restaurant in the Bourbonnais Mall at training camp, right? Uh-huh. So if you can enjoy a meal with somebody at the Versace Mansion and the Hibachi Grill at the Bourbonnais Mall, it tells you a little bit about where their energy and their spirit is. And there's a good picture of Jeff taking a, a shot of sake out of one of those squeeze ketchup bottles there. Yes. That, that, that's pretty entertaining. That no, is, no, I know. That I'm, is I'm looking at it right now. It is uh, It is the perfect uh, picture to encapsulate JD. And just he was full of life whenever you had the opportunity to talk with him. And I'm sure Dan, you can um, talk about this as well. Like I keep coming back to, I'm you know it. You take for granted sometimes, and I think a lot of people feel this way when they lose someone who's close to them. You take for granted the time that it was so simple. But you're looking back on it yeah. now, and you're like, man, he was there. He was listening. He was talking to me. We were having moments, and I wasn't even realizing it. And it's like you just said, the ability to compartmentalize. When we're all taking the Bears so seriously, I always felt like J.D. was like, he knew what the job was. He'd give you the information, what we needed to know, his observations. But then he would, like you said, it's like he would uh, get out from the cubicle, step up, and then go back to life and the more important things. And like, it's almost like he crystallized for me time and time again. Look, this is, we love it. It's sports. We cover it. But ultimately, everything that he did as a friend to all of us and as a father, more importantly to Parker, is the stuff that I'll always think about JD first. And it, it's so interesting because the three of us have never talked about this. Why would we? Yeah, but, right. But, right. But, the things you're saying, Dan and Jeff, is kind of what I said last hour. Jeff and I had the same jobs. So we understood what each other's responsibilities were. But I would be the guy that once in a while would complain or be like, why is it? And he'd be the voice of reason because he had the right perspective. You know, I'd be like, why is Sylvie bumping me? You know, I'm kidding. I would say. But, you know, <laughs> no, right. right. And he would have that perspective of. Hey man, don't 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 lose your mind. And I'm not saying it happened every day. I just you know, we had some contractual things, whatever it was, and he had the right attitude, the calm perspective, and all that stuff. And I don't know where he got that from. Maybe it's through Caitlin's battles because yeah, that that you know, things like that give you perspective, right? And when you you said it, Dan, when you're so laser focused on your job and things like that, you forget about it. So it's so weird to hear. I think the three of us saying the same thing, even though we've never discussed it. 
so here's another thing that the audience can do is, is, is go to Jeff's Twitter feed and go through his, his media, right? And here's what you're going to see if you scroll down the, the, the media tab in, in his Twitter feed. You're going to see pictures from the stadium right here. I, I, I made it to Soldier Field at 9 a.m. this morning. I made it to whatever stadium the Bears were playing, and there's, there's a picture of those. And, and then twice as many pictures below that are Parker's baseball teams. Right. And, yeah. and the slammers winning a championship somewhere and, and Parker catching a touchdown or, or, or just putting on his pads for a football game. And, you know, I, honestly, that's probably one of the harder parts of this is just thinking about Parker through all this and just the, the deep pride that Jeff had in him. You know, I, I, I know you guys are aware. And I think people are aware that, you know, I lost my dad in September to a very brief battle with cancer. It went fast and, and it was nasty. And, you know, I'm 45 years old and it's, it's easily the hardest emotional bridge that I've had across in my life. And, and Parker is, you know, I think fifth grade now. Right. And he's got a, a lot ahead of him. And I hope he feels every single day of his life, the, the pride that Jeff had in him. Um, you know, like Jeff, I know you said you have kids similar ages. There's, there's something that happens when you have kids that are young and you're a dad and, and you, you want to share some of their athletic exploits. And so you, you, you know, I'm in a group thread with, with Jeff and, and you, you, you know, you occasionally send a, Oh, Hey, here's my son getting a single today. Right. Coach pitch single here. Right. Like, and, and, and you'd almost be embarrassed sending these to Jeff because most of his videos are like, watch this 65 yeah. yard Parker run where he just beasts like, four kids and stiff arms them and gets to the end zone here. Watch this, you know, like 295 foot home run that he hits. And so when you'd send this, you'd be like, you'd kind of be like, you know, man, like, I know this isn't going to reach Parker's level, but like, know, this right? is cool for me too. But Jeff was always like, yeah, man, like this is great. And you, you know, you'd always, you know, you, I mean, you, I can hear his voice in my head right now. Just be kind of like, I'm two years behind with my son in terms of the travel baseball stuff and just being, you know, I'll oh, just wait, you know, just wait until they get to about the fourth grade level. Like it's going to get, you know, the competition's going to pick up and, and it just like the, the, the level of excitement he had for that. You know, I, I, I really, I think back to Kevin Fishbane's wedding and I can't remember the year it was, but Jeff was, you know, this is, it was after Caitlin passed and, and Jeff was at a uh, tournament with Parker up in Wisconsin and like sped back from this tournament in Wisconsin so that he could be at Kevin's wedding, which was really cool. Like this is Jeff, right in a nutshell, being a father and a friend all all at once, and then getting to to the, sort of the pre reception at the wedding and 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 just racing over to get a drink from the bar and then coming over and turning on game tracker for Parker's game and sitting there at a high table, you know, and like being able to have a full conversation and also be like, Oh man, you know, he just grounded out the shortstop (laughs) and and being so mad about it, you know, and and just being so into that game. And and that was Jeff. Yeah, no, that encapsulates him perfectly. Like I said at the start, man, He's, he 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 lived 44 years better than most people live a lifetime, and so we're just all trying to celebrate and remember the great memories that he gave to us. Because again, uh, this is again JD giving more than he's taking. Even in death, he's leaving us with all these great memories and inspiring us to live our life in a better manner day to day. Be present because that's what JD yeah. was with everybody he knew. He was always present and there for you. And I think because he was. That allowed him also to make a bigger impact. He was listening when people were talking. He had pearls of wisdom that he would give as advice because he truly listened. And it wasn't all about what am I? What do I need to do next? Oh, I have to cover bears. I need to file this report with ESPN. I have a hit on national radio. Oh, then I have to go do TV. Whatever he, however he organized it, he never let you know in the moment that he had stuff to do. He was there with you, and that's that's what I'll always remember about him right now, well, man. Jeff, Jeff the, 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 you know that word, the, the listening part of it is just like it's something that like I, I want to get better at as a friend because Jeff, you know, 
teaches you that. And I'll just give you, I, you know, I, I was fully prepared when I came on this morning to get played off like the Academy Awards because I was going to talk too long and have 175 stories. Well, we do have to break, you. Dan, but we're going to we're going to push that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, uh, there's two good stories for me and, and I'll, I'll tell the first one and then and then give you guys this one for later for somebody to dig up. But uh, in, in September, I told them we were going to L.A. to cover the Rams game. And I said, listen, I'm going to make the reservation this time. And, 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 and I made it for two because I was at a point where, you know, dealing with stuff uh, with my dad, I just wanted to go have. Uh, dinner with one friend right and like just be able to to talk and jeff's like no problem you can't tell anybody else though because i don't want them to think i was blowing them off for this dinner and so so just like it's delayed like two and a half hours from o'hare and i'm like man if you want to just bang it we can just bang it i i totally get it he's like no no i'm gonna be there i'll be there you know and he, his flight lands he, he checks in the hotel drops his bag grabs an uber flies over to this italian place in manhattan beach and we just sat for two and a half hours at a, a, just eating and talking about, you know, baseball and, and parenting and friendship and then cancer. Right. And he's just giving me all this support and consolence about what I'm going through with my dad. And meanwhile, he's, you know, eight months into this, his own battle with this, that he was sure he was going to win. Right. Like every yeah. time you talk to him yeah. about it, it's like, guys, I, I have no other choice. I'm going to, I'm going to beat this thing. I, I, I got this. I'm good. And, and, and just, you know, just to have that again, just that presence and that ability to listen and that ability to just be a friend. It's 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 something I will never forget, take for granted or anything else. And I'm just so, so happy for you guys to 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 continue to do this today, to let the, the rest of the world know that, that that this is Jeff and this is why he's worth setting aside an entire day because you guys are, are, are you're not going to run out of people to talk to because there's hundreds that would share similar sentiments we're going to take a break dan we want to keep you for one more quick segment we want all the stories yeah man. we yep. want all the stories i want to know if there were ever any players or coaches that jeff you know ruffled their feathers i want to know i gotta we gotta get the scoop who did he who did he ruffle a little bit with his line of questioning which i'm sure was the right line of questioning, if there are any. We'll talk about that. Jeff Meller, Jesse Rogers. As we remember, Jeff Dickerson, Dan Weeder from the Tribune on the line with us. We'll be back in a moment on ESPN 1000. This is Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. We're back on ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers and Jeff Meller filling in for Cap and Jay Hood, who will be on today at 1 o'clock. Waddle, Sylvie, and Carmen follow us coming up at 10 a.m. Dangerous Dan McNeil joins us at 8.35 to remember the one and only Jeff Dickerson. We're doing the same thing here with Dan Weeder, a good friend of Jeff. Dan works for the Tribune, of course, is part of the ESPN family as well. All right, Dan, back to my question. This is probably pre-pandemic because pandemic changed everything but whose feet did he hold to the fire that kind of got who did he ruffle there what what feathers did he ruffle over there tell me give us some inside stories so so you guys gave me four minutes to try to come up with somebody (laughs) that he ruffled and i couldn't i couldn't do it that's how good of a guy he was somebody on the station today has to try to 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 get a hold of rich camel because he had a tremendous way of describing jd's approach and and the way he was so capable of disarming people before asking the most pointed question possible. Right. And, and so like 
Rich would say to, to Jeff every once in a while, you know, you'd be going into it, you know, maybe a day after a Bears game where things were a little tense at Hell's Hall and be like, all right, JD, we're going to need you to lead us <laughs> off here and, and, and just kind of kind of get the tone set on the on the lighter side before we can get, start throwing the grenades and asking asking the bombs. And JD, you know, it'd be like, yeah, now, Matt, it, you know, I, I understand that you care about the way your players are playing with passion, and obviously they fought <laughs> to the end of the game yesterday. But you've lost six games in a row, <laughs> isn't it? At some point, you need more than just the. And that was that was the way Jeff would ask his questions, and and he'd get a very respectful answer, and and, and everyone would use it. It'd be the soundbite that you could use on TV, on the radio, in a newspaper article, all those things. And it's just the way like JD's tone and his style was, and it was. I'm laughing now because I'm just thinking of how many moments there were where it'd be like, okay, JD's got you know he's got his you know first three sentences that are going to butter this thing up, and then he's just going to throw the dagger at there. And see how this guy responds to it. You know, that, it, that's it. <laughs> what it was is he was ruffling their feathers without them knowing it. Right, without right. Them knowing it. That's great. I love that. That yeah, what is uh, you know as a fellow reporter I can absolutely respect that style and you know asking the question to get to get a good answer and if you don't ask it the right way you're not going to get any answer. And that, Jeff was just so good. I admired him as a reporter so much. Uh, just that's a great story. I love that. Uh, I know I saw a lot of no, go ahead, Jeff. Um, Dan, I saw a lot of uh, people on Twitter sharing stories about how JD would be, you know, one of the first people in the press box getting ready for the day, and then I assume he probably did that so that he could get set up and ready to watch Parker's games. He'd stream them in the press box on Sundays ahead of Bears games. Were you ever privy to one of those uh, impromptu yeah, Parker viewing parties? Of course, and uh, this year in Tampa it's as angry as I've ever seen Jeff. I think Parker's team lost that morning. And, and usually, you know, I, we talked about before Jeff would be like, that's no big deal. You just move on. And he was, he was so angry <laughs> at the loss. I don't know if it was a season ending loss. They have to go back and check the calendar and see, see what it was. But, but just the, the kind of investment in each moment of those games. And he, I mean, it, it's really difficult as a dad to be away when your kid is playing in a game. I don't care how minimal the game is. You know, it's like you want to be there, right? And you want to see these things. And and, and because our job is what it is, you, you miss some of those moments, right, on Sundays and, and, and other points throughout the year. And, and just seeing Jeff be, like, so dedicated to making sure that even if it was through a computer, he was going to be able to have – uh, you know, the, the insight and the analysis of Parker's games at the end of the day to be able to go back to him and tell him, you know, great job or, man, we got to get better at this, you know, really cool to see. Visiting with Dan Weeder from the Tribune, Jesse Rogers, Jeff Miller, in for Cap and J-Hood. 312-332-3776 is the number. Um, this last year, Dan, yeah. I mean, I, on the beat, if you didn't know he had this battle going on, I imagine you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen it on his face or or in his his uh, actions, right? That's what at, it seemed at, like to at, me. At all, Jesse? Yeah. At all? And Jeff looked so good. I think he kind of gave us a false sense of security yeah. at points throughout this year because he looked so good and his energy was the same. And it, and you're just like, okay, right? Like, and and, and us at the one thousand family, we've seen Sylvie battle through this and get to the other side and you and you say to yourself okay people do win right like and and, and no one is going to give this more you know with their toughness and spirit than jeff dickerson and and so you you, you hear him throughout the course of the year you know reassure you it, it's fine like you know like he battled this numbness in his hands and feet for the last like four months or so because of one of the chemo drugs they were using and and, and that was the only thing that i ever heard him complain about through this entire 
battle with cancer, which, you know, I think stretches back 11 months now. And, and, and so you wouldn't have been able to tell. And I, I said to a lot of people, I said, listen, J.D. has been private with this, you know, as far as the public knows. And, and that when, 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 when this news gets out, it is going to shock a lot of people at what he's been dealing with because you would have never known, right? You just would have never known. One of the stories I was going to tell before the break that hopefully someone can dig up here, but I was talking about that numbness in his hands and his feet, and, and they were kind of adjusting some of the, the drugs that he had there. And I got to the, the press box in Pittsburgh at way early, and J.D. was way earlier than me. And, and on Monday night games, you don't have other NFL games to watch. Sunday night games, you can watch the afternoon games and kind of ease your way in. Well, you get a lot of time before a Monday night game just sitting up there, and you get kind of stir crazy and restless and a little bit slap happy and jd was kind of hyper like more more so than jd normally is and i, I said it like are you good tonight man he's like i don't know like i think you know i think that you know the chemo drugs have got me a little bit juiced <laughs> up tonight and, he, and so then he goes on with waddle and sylvie pregame and he walked out in the hallway outside the press box and i'm listening to this thing live on my computer and if you guys can find it it was as like energetic and hyper as you'll ever hear, Jeff. And I was just laughing because, you know, it's one of those things that nobody in the outside world knows what he's right. dealing with, and he's still giving it everything he's got. And it was it, the, the hit cracked me up because I, it, it, he, you guys have to play it at some point because it, it's just it's a really, really good encapsulation of, of, one, Jeff's dedication to his job, the energy he has, and then his ability to just not really let on to people what he was dealing with. We will look for that because that, that – yeah, you know, I, hearing his voice makes me really sad, but it, but yeah. it also bring, brings a smile to my face, and I think that's the same for for everybody listening. Dan, thank you so much. I, I did not know until you mentioned it that you you've known Jeff since 1997. I did not know that, so I'm I'm really sorry for your loss, as well as as our listening audience and everybody else that knew him. Thank you so well, much two, for those memories. Two last quick things: when I left his house uh, the last time I saw him, I was walking out and I, I said, "I L L Jeff," and he said, "I and I Dan," and 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 I I walked up the stairs and I know there's a lot of people from that that group uh, yep. of his world that are listening and 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 they'll appreciate his pride in the Illini as well. No doubt about it. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for doing this. All right, Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune. Some great memories there and. We're going to go down memory road again, uh, even further back with uh, Dan McNeil, former host at this radio station, who brought Jeff Dickerson over here, saw the talent in Jeff um, probably before anybody did. We'll do that next on ESPN 1000. Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's home for sports. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. We're back on ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers and Jeff Meller. Let's set the lineup for the day. Coming up at 10 o'clock, Waddle, Sylvie, and Carmen will remember Jeff Dickerson. And then Cap and Jay Hood will be here from 1 to 4. Fred Hubner from 4 to 6. Bleck and Abdallah 6 to 8. As we mourn the loss of Jeff, but also celebrate his life and his incredible career. Most of it spent here at ESPN 1000. If you want to contribute to his son's gun, GoFundMe uh page parker's fund find it at parker's fund at gofundme jeff meller jesse rogers again till 10 a.m 312-332-3776 is the number dan mcneil will join us momentarily Dion miller after nine sarah spain at about nine thirty-five. jeff what's on your mind yeah, so uh, we're going to bring in Mac here, and part of the reason I actually work at ESPN 1000 is I grew up in the 90s listening to Dan McNeil on the score with the Heavy Fuel crew, and uh, eventually he made his way over to ESPN 1000 with Mac, Yerko, and Harry, and as I was in college, I was kind of d- 
trying to determine what I wanted to do, what my future career path would be. And I enjoyed the show so much and I got to know all the names of the behind the scenes folks. And so I would hear the name Jeff Dickerson mentioned oftentimes by Dan McNeil as he was thanking people closing out his show. And so, you know, in a odd way, I owe a debt of gratitude to Dan McNeil because I was fortunate enough to meet Jeff Dickerson because uh, he inspired me to pursue this career. So it's now that uh, we bring in Mac to remember a close friend of his, Jeff Dickerson. Danny Mac. Dangerous Danny Mac. How you doing, pal? It's, uh, it's a game of pass it on that, um, that we live in and we work in. And uh, there is... Uh, there has never been a greater joy to me than to see guys who came of age under my wing, if you will, and uh, went and pursued their dream relentlessly and got what they wanted out of this career that you never know which way it's going to go. And, Jeff, that that means a lot to hear you say that because sometimes you don't realize just how – indirectly in this case you've affected people and jeff dickerson was one of the most relentless tireless uh, determined and competitive young guys i ever had the privilege of working with and uh, these last nine days have just they it's it's leveled me as it has so many and uh you know, as as far reaching as Jeff is, you could just tell with the response on social media and everybody he worked with says the same thing. He was just the real deal. He was genuine and he was kind. And uh, it's a big loss. It really is. Loss for all of us. Yeah, it really is. And by the way, you can include me in that group that you helped move along in, in his career. I think I... You were my first person I interviewed with in, 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 in after I graduated college. Thankfully, I knew the sports information director of NIU, or else I would have been out on my on my keister. But you affect you you impacted a lot of people, in, in, including Jeff. And I want to go back to around 2000, and when you moved over to ESPN, and I, I when I met Jeff, I knew he had something. I knew he got it. Like he, there's people that get it and people that don't. He got. What did you see in Jeff that you knew he'd be something special? in whatever role he would end up playing in this in this media business? You know, it, it helped um, that we shared a love for football, and his, his passion for that drew me to him initially because, uh, in my world, 99% of the content is football, and... <laughs> And Jeff loved it, and and we shared that that fondness. Um, I saw how willing he was to to take some hits. You know, I mean, uh, being kind, but Jeff had a lot of work to do when he got his first air opportunities. Jeff lacked polish, and yet to his credit, he took every assignment Mitch Rosen threw at him to improve and. You know, a lot of us shake out those growing pains in small markets, or in my case, being a little bit of an older college student, you're 23, you're 24. Jeff was thrown right into the fire at an early age. He didn't have a chance, really. He went right from being a producer on Matt Kirko and Harry to being a Bears reporter in no time. And... uh I, I'll never forget, uh, you know, Mitch, to his credit, was, was out to prove that 
this Mac Yurko and Harry thing was the centerpiece show, and it was the first time anyone had expressed that to me on one of my shows. And we were sitting in the office before a show uh, in in August of of zero one, and the Cubs were playing a big series in Houston, and. We needed guests. We needed a presence in Houston, and, and Mitch flashes his credit card, and it, it didn't <laughs> bounce that day. And he says, J.D., will you go to Houston? And Jeff went back to his condo in Wrigleyville, packed a bag, and went to Houston. He didn't know anybody in Cubs PR, but he was fearless. Yeah. And uh, he went down there to secure a few guests for us and get his on-the-air experience, which I always was happy to give to those young guys i thought it was the way to get them get them motivated to be a great producer was give them a taste of those on-air opportunities and i've had so many guys over the years who use those opportunities and flourished like you jesse and you know i see you on abc7 during the cubs golden era and it just makes me so proud yeah this is a guy i had to fight for to get a gig um shagging guests for the monsters years ago and (laughs) and seeing Jeff's success over the years on the Bears beat with ESPN and Judd Surratt, the voice of the Bruins, and Spiegel and Parkins and so many guys who've gone on to do those great things. I take greater joy in that here on the back nine than I do anything that I've accomplished in the last 15 years, seeing other guys actualize their dreams through hard work. And and nobody worked harder than Jeff did. Yeah, and you mentioned all these things he did i mean and, and, and at such a young age to basically take over and own the bears beat for what is it 19 20 years almost 20 years i mean that that's the biggest beat in town and he owned it and he owned it locally for espn and nationally for espn that's a that's a big job and he did it so well yeah he did and to have to have seen how wide his eyes were when uh, when he walked in Lambeau Field for the first <laughs> time in zero one twenty years ago this season, you know I, I took him up and gave him the grand tour. And Bob Harlan, who was the president of the Packers at that time, did a VIP tour, and we went behind the scenes. And Jeff was just soaking it all in. And we had dinner the night before at Vince Lombardi's Steakhouse in <laughs> Appleton, and. You know, the world was so big to him because he was seeing all these things for the first time and traveling and uh, being paid to, you know, give his sports thoughts. And we all remember how exciting it was those first few years when we got those chances. And there was a Florida weekend in zero one where we were we were doing our show from a Tampa restaurant in advance of the Bears and Buccaneers, Leroy Selman's barbecue joint on a Friday. <laughs> and then we went to Florida State, Florida on Saturday night. Yurko almost got us killed on the drive home. Uh, sober but very reckless, as the good kid always was. Um, and then we hit Bears and Bucks, and, you know, that, those, are the, those are the memories that, you know, are just, they stand out to me this week, how many miles we traveled and how many good times we had. I don't know what the weather was in Chicago on the 3rd of February in zero two, 2 but I know it was 80 and sunny in Hawaii because J.D. and I snorkeled Hanama Bay the morning of 
of Super Bowl Thirty. Wow, that I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, That's yeah. Great Adam Delavitt did the first leg of that trip in New Orleans, and then JD joined us in Hawaii for a week of grueling Pro Bowl shows on Waikiki <laughs> Beach. And I have this picture of of JD and Yerk with his man boobilies showing, and Chuck Cecil, one of Yerk's ex teammates, and one of my favorite guys who JD admired so much because he played defensive back for Buffalo Grove. And uh, those those pictures, man, they just – you go through them and you think how sad it is that somebody 44 with Parker at 11 and no mommy or daddy, but the good times we had. And uh, that's what it's all about. And uh, I want to thank you guys, all of you guys at ESPN 1000 for helping me grieve. Yeah. During this time, the text response I've received has been overwhelming, and I hope you guys for a few days will let me back in the family to grieve with you at the services. For J.D., I didn't get that when Doug Buffon passed. I was at the drive at the time, and there were some hurt feelings at the score, and I wasn't very welcomed back for Doug's services, and I know that's not going to be the case because you guys have a different vibe there. And I told Jim Pastor that at Roman Madrowski's wedding in the summer of 14 that, man, ratings and revenue, screw all that stuff. You guys have a family vibe, and that that doesn't happen at every radio station. And I hope all of you are acutely aware of it because it's special. We are, and I mentioned that at the top of the show. It, we People throw around this is a family often, but this, this truly is. And I, I, you don't have to go into detail, but I, I, I'm glad that you, you, you know, I joke that you, you and Yurko live in Kentucky. I'm glad you made the drive up to, to see him at hospice the other day. You know, it's a private moment, but I'm just glad you were able to see him, as a few of us were able to do on Friday and Saturday. And I know he... You meant a lot to him. Trust me. I've we talked over the years. You know, I, I've known him as long as you have. We talked about what you and Mike North and the guys did for our careers, and so I know he appreciates everything you did for him, Mac. Well, thanks, Jesse, and I'm glad I made the drive. I, I'm glad Harry met me up there, Harry Tynowitz, and um, you know, seeing Harry um, sit with JD, sit next to him, and um, Jeff wasn't lucid at the time. Um, seeing Harry sob, just, uh, just, just really, and we're going to do a lot of sobbing together over the next few days. And, um, you know, without, uh, without love, we don't know these great hurts. So it's good to love and it's good to be loved. Well said, Dan, thank you so much. And we will see you in the coming days. I hope. Okay. You betcha. Thank you. That's the one and only Dan McNeil, longtime host at this station and, He's impacted a lot of people, myself, your, you, and, and certainly Jeff Dickerson, bringing him here. Thank God Dan McNeil brought Jeff Dickerson here because Dickerson just owned that Bears beat after being a producer for a little while on Dan's show, and he has made this radio station better than it was before he was here. That's for sure. Yeah, no, he's been instrumental. There's no doubt about it. So everything that ESPN 1000 is, you know, we uh, owe a great deal of debt to Dan McNeil. And, you know, of course, amongst the most important is the fact that Jeff Dickerson is a driving force of this ESPN 1000 family and is sorely missed today. Among this sadness, I do want to mention something 
that I think would put even a, a smile on, on, not even, but would put a smile on, on Jeff's face. We'll, we'll do that when we come back. Dion Miller's going to join us from ABC7 after 9 o'clock. Sarah Spain at about 9.35. Jesse Rogers and Jeff Miller in for Cap and Jay Hood, who will be on later today, right here on ESPN 1000. Now, back to more Cap and Jay Hood. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. I'm open-minded because I don't care that they have 10 tight ends. They really have three, and they needed better tight ends. So I don't mind that, and corner was a need, and um, this is a guy that potentially could start. So uh, I was very kind and gentle. I think seeing the wolf drafting for the Patriots a couple hours ago really changed my perspective on the evening because I think once I saw that wolf, once I saw the former, the future Bears general manager sitting in that chair in Nantucket making that uh, Division II safety pick, I said, you know what, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. There's Virginia saying, we can't do any worse. Here's the wolf from the Patriots. Ted, can you tell us why the wolf uh, maybe was better than some of the other candidates. Well, I mean, he's been around a winning culture for years now. And, the, of course, the pedigree. Of course. I mean, the wolf actually cuts the players from the Patriots. They send the wolf, and he goes to the locker room, and he and they, he pulls them out by their shirt tails. And then if they if they mouth off, you know, the wolf will uh, will escort them out of the building. So the wolf uh, he plays a big role in that operation. It's it's Belichick, it's uh, Casero, I think it is, and then the wolf. Now I know uh, Patriots reporter Mike Reese, and now I know his, uh, his source, <laughs> where, he, right? where he gets his inside information from the from the Wolf, from the uh, the Patriots Wolf. Hello, Mr. Yep. Wolf. Woo! <laughs> Brady's out, huh? Going to Tampa. Woo! All right. Have a good night. What? Gronk? Gronk is back to Tampa. <laughs> woo! 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 <laughs> Division two safety. Oh, I got to write this in my notebook for Saturday morning. Woo! You too, Wolfie. <laughs> he was a wolf right there in Belichick's room. I don't know why he was in there. Well, he makes well, the picks. I mean, it's a cutthroat mentality. <laughs> Thank you, my friend, as always, for your time. They tried to pin the flake it on the wolf, too, but he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's on Tom. <laughs> I would love for a New England reporter to ask him about the wolf. <laughs> Bill, what do you think about what's, what's with that wolf in, the, in your home? The, with the nineteen nineties furniture. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't make the wolf available to interview. You're not taking no. the bear's job. No. <laughs> not good enough for you. <laughs> Woo! No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wolf. Uh, right. we, we appreciate your time. And your friendship, the wolf pack. Jay Hood and Jeff Dickerson. Last time we played a a, a Jeff Dickerson bite. I was tearing up, but this one made me smile. So thank you, yeah. Tyler. This one made me smile. That was funny. Even if you of didn't course. know what they were talking about, that was entertaining. Right, Jeff I Miller? Think most, I think most football fans know, Jesse, uh, about uh, Nike, uh, Bill Belichick's dog, yes. the wolf that was made uh, famous during the Zoom draft of uh, what would have been 2020, right? When the NFL did the Zoom draft yeah. and Bill Belichick was uh, at his Nantucket home, as J.D. mentioned there. And we got uh, to know Nike, his dog. And, of course, uh, J.D. and Hoodie making radio magic as they did so often <laughs> on a frequent basis. Not just on local radio, but also plenty of times nationally as they you heard Dickerson and Hood frequently uh, on the weekends on ESPN Radio. Just 
just uh, another testimonial to how talented JD was. We all knew him as the Bears reporter at ESPN 1000, but of course he could make you laugh like that so often uh, hosting radio shows, and um, he's sorely missed today, man. Yeah, and we are remembering our friend and colleague Jeff Dickerson all day long on ESPN 1000, while Sylvie and Carmen will be along in an hour. They'll be here till 1 o'clock. Cap and Jay Hood will come in after them. In a few moments, Dion Miller from ABC7 will join us as well. Obviously, Jeff worked with Dion covering the Bears and doing reports with her and when she was hosting in the studio, and he did such a great job. So we'll hear from Dion. I want to say two kind of positive things. Uh, they're sort of off topic because they're not about Jeff. Today is about Jeff. But I think it would put a smile on his face, both these things. One uh, broke last week as this news about Jeff kind of happened you know, internally here. And I haven't even reached out to this person. Other people have talked about it on the air and stuff. But I want to say congratulations to Fred Hubner for getting through this crazy business to retirement. He's on today at 4 o'clock. I'm not sure if today's his last show or this weekend. But he's retiring and I want to say congrats to Fred. I've known Fred forever, just like a lot of people in this business have, because he's been around forever. And I know that J.D. loved Fred as well. They, they, I loved listening to those two talk football. Uh, NFL football was Fred's pa- is Fred's passion, and obviously J.D. was an expert. So uh, congratulations to Fred. It is hard to be in this business for as long as he has, survive it, and get to retirement. So congrats on that end, Jeff. I want to mention that. And yeah, this- no, definitely. Of course, I've worked with Fred. I know everyone Everyone who yeah. at the station has worked with Fred time and time again. I do think there's a couple more weekend shows um, for Freddie coming up here. So okay, before good. he calls it a uh, career. But yes, of course, kudos to Fred. And you know what? Fred and JD working together for the Jimmy V shows that we did here at ESPN Radio. Those two, there were nobody better in terms of driving that message. And clearly they both had personal experience Fred having lost Mm -hmm. Pat and going through his own battle with cancer. And, of course, J.D. at the time having lost Caitlin. They were both so heroic in the way they recounted their own dealings with cancer and, you know, just how instrumental all of their stories were in helping drive, you know, donations to a cause that, as we see today, is not, you know, the fight's not over. We, you know, we're going to continue to do everything we can to help end cancer like Jimmy V said so long ago, way back in 1993. But, you know, J.D. was such an inspiration to all of us while he was a caretaker for Caitlin and over the last year now as well, being just uh, just a true, true inspiration. And now we're talking about losing him yesterday at the age of 44 uh, due to complications from colon cancer. And the second thing I wanted to mention kind of reminds me of J.D. because McNeil brought it up. I mean, J.D. worked hard from the bottom to get to the pinnacle of, of, of his business. You know, multi-medium sports bear, uh, reporter for the Chicago Bears. That, that, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. But he started at the bottom. And we have a new boss here, so yeah, maybe I'm kissing his ass. But Danny Zetterman did the same thing. He started at the bottom and now is our manager slash program director and i just want to say congratulations to him yeah i might be kissing his butt because he is the boss but he did the same thing jd jd did you know worked from the bottom on up and now he's running this station and his first task was organizing this day for example i mean he was named this yesterday <laughs> i know and this is a tough first task for danny but um congratulations to him and congratulations to fred hubner and i know jeff dickerson 
would be proud of both of those guys and their accomplishments in their careers. We're going to talk to Dion Miller from ABC7, someone else that I know you know, is proud of Jeff and what he became as a TV reporter. We'll do that next on ESPN 1000.